0: Christ is born. Christos Raznaevska. Please be seated. The wise men came from the east in search of the new born king, for they had heard the wonders of this Messiah. Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last night we celebrated a gospel that really started with a gospel last Sunday about Nativity. And last night we celebrated the liturgy of Nativity. Of course it was quite a splendid thing if you get a little bit long for everybody, but Christmas only comes once a year. So we can spend a little bit more time in church, you know. As I say, you don't have time for God, why should he have any time for you? And your destiny is with God. It is by divine design that Christ comes into the world for salvation of mankind. It's by divine design of the Father he sends the Son as the great high priestly gift. From the throne, next to the Father, he comes down. But at the same time, he remains at the throne. When uh, the priest incenses the altar at the beginning of liturgy, he says, when your body was in the tomb, your soul was in hell, same time of Christ our God, you're at the right hand of the Father, infinite, filling all things. So we have to remember just who Jesus Christ is. He's very son of God, but he's also one of us. Why would God do that? Well, the Magi arriving in our liturgy on Christmas day, they probably knew why God did that. They were men of, they say in this gospel, they were astrologers and they read the stars. Now, astrology is not particularly um, welcomed in the church, but the Bible is full of it. Sometimes we have to wonder, maybe the pundits in the church don't trust us to uh, figure out the secrets, maybe, of the Magi. Or maybe they haven't pondered them themselves. Balthasar, Caspar, and Melchior were their names. They came from Persia. They were very wealthy. They came to a hole in the ground where Jesus lay in a manger, which was something he fed animals in. And they came in adoration of him. They brought with them symbolic gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is for the wealth of a king. And we know Jesus was a poor man. What was his wealth then? In the gifts that he could bring. Participation in the life of God for us because he was the sacrament encounter with God. Only through Jesus Christ can we really encounter God. Only through Jesus Christ can we gain divine grace. That's the richness he brought to us. Frankincense is our response to him. In worship. Especially in the Eastern churches who originated... In the places where the Bible originated, the early church, frankincense was frequent, used. We call it incense. And we have different um, flavors, you could say, of incense for different occasions. In our church, we use it abundantly. It symbolizes the prayer of the faithful going up to heaven. It symbolizes worship. It symbolizes divinity that we know God is God. And we in the church can smell the incense and that's the odor of our prayer. For the true prayer is the incense to God. The last thing the major I gave is uh, sort of said It was myrrh. Myrrh is a balm used to anoint the body of a dead person. So in the uh, their saying, the third king is saying, we're predicting the death of our Messiah but he's also predicting our own deaths. And for the Messiah, he comes to free us from death, but not after we've gone through the journey of this life. So death comes because of original sin, And because if you don't believe in original sin, look yourself in the mirror. First, you're young and vital, you grow up, you become sexually mature, and you have children, and then things change. That was the season for growth and children. Then comes the next sex season, you start decline. And that is a time for recollection and consideration of what your future is. And finally, you will face death. Death is not a threat to us because Christ has overcome death. If Christ rose from the dead, Paul says if he didn't, our faith is in vain, but he did rise from the dead, he came out beautiful, gorgeous. The apostles could not even recognize him. He's so glorified in his resurrection. So on the road, Emmaus, he approaches them, and he reminds them that we will recognize him, especially in the breaking of the bread, the Eucharist. So people ask us, why are the Catholics so taken up with the the liturgy, the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist? It's because that's the source of eternal life. Also forgiveness of sin. And also in the Eucharist is Jesus Christ, the glorified one, with the Father and the Son. That's why Catholics are taken up with the Eucharist to the people closest to heaven because they have the Eucharist. Interesting. So the kings come symbolically, prophetically to the stable to point these things out to us. So our part, we sang in hymns, come let us adore. Come let us fall down and worship. Come let us realize this is the newborn king. This past year, we lost Queen Elizabeth, and uh, she was a great woman. Women now, they want to be liberated. She found her her liberation and power in being anointed a, a queen, which is slavery. She had no private life. She had married and had children because it was her obligation to continue the dynasty. But she reigned in splendor. Probably one of the greatest monarchs that England ever had. And she went through a lot. World War II. The death of her Parents. Children. children that were sometimes an embarrassment to the crown. She suffered the same things you suffered, but yet she was a queen. Jesus Christ is a heavenly king. He is the origin of all royalty and priestliness. And uh, that means he has to suffer like other monarchs. He has to wear the crown, but his is a crown of thorns. As he has the scepter, the scepter is a whip that beats him. He has to be crucified on a cross as a coronation. And from his suffering body comes blood and water from his side. Blood to divinitize us, and water to baptize us. The church is born from His side. All these things we think about because this is the birthday of the God-man. There was no other such person ever predicted in the prophecies of anybody except Elijah and the prophets of the Old Testament, and of course, I don't know how well the Jews listen. Because they say, oh yeah. Sometimes we're like that. Oh yeah, we listen. But do we listen? Do we listen carefully? Do we know that we're going to go through all those steps the Lord went through? He was born like us, He suffered like we suffer. And don't kid yourself, all of us suffer in some way. He was to come to glory, and our participation in his passion, death and resurrection, gives us glory, the glory that was born in Bethlehem, in the stable of a child of the royal house of David, a great king, who is also one who suffered, was not without sin, anointed by the prophet, his king. My dear brothers and sisters, you are part of the royal priestly family of the Messiah. Respect yourself, will you? Keep your mind pure, your heart pure, and your body pure. As though you were preparing to enter the heavenly kingdom, because you are. Look at the child in the manger. The gifts he brings to you. The gifts that the three kings brought symbolize the gifts he brings to you, and the gifts that he had to, to live, to become. Again, enthroned in heaven, body and soul. So people ask me sometimes, what will it be like when we die? I told a story here a few months ago about a woman I met in England. I used to play in the Norfolk Symphony, the violin. I was pretty good in those days. Now I chase the bugs out of the house. But anyway, don't practice, that's a problem. And we were sitting down to have biscuits. Biscuits in England are cookies. We call them cookies. And she was a senior type person. And I always wore my black suit and my Roman collar when I played in the orchestra. And she says to me, vicar. She thought I was an Anglican. She called me vicar. She says, vicar, I went to a church Sunday. So if somebody says church in England, they're in Anglican. They're chapel, they're some kind of Protestant. I said, Yes. She said, you know, he was talking about the resurrection. She says, I just think it's terrible. I said, why do you think it's terrible? Christ died on the cross and was born to save us and to join him in the resurrection. She says, would you please take a good look at me? I says, I see you there. She says, look, at I'm old, I'm falling apart, and I'm aging, and my hair is turning, and all these things. I says, yes. I says, but when you rise again on the last day, the eighth day, you'll be beautiful, about 30, and gorgeous, and shining with the light of Christ. Oh, I don't mind that part. I said, well, that's what it's about. That's what the whole thing is about. It's the journey to the heavenly kingdom where we join Christ the Lord in glory and his mother and all the saints of heaven. We celebrate liturgy in this beautiful temple. There's angels and saints and everybody are with us. That's why we paint them on the walls. And we remember our relatives on these feast days and the most beautiful Christmases we had with them, the gifts, the special food, the loving presence of them all. Maybe if you were getting a little tipsy. Remember all those things. It's a good celebration. It's a good celebration of the journey. It's a good thing to know that Jesus Christ, the Savior, is born. It's a good thing to know that he's a human being, truly God and truly man. And it's a good thing to know that as he is divine, you will be divine through grace and you will join him in glory. So today, celebrate the glory of the newborn child. Celebrate the gifts of the Messiah. Celebrate the prophecies of Isaiah. Look them up again. Study them well. And really rock this earth as though you are a saint or an angel on your way to glory. Our destiny with Christ in heaven. Name the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.